What is Spiggity Fresh, my listeners? It's your boy, Edwin Kruger, coming back at you with another episode of the Kruger Dissection. And today I am joined by a very special guest, someone I am very excited to have on the podcast. And that person is a singer and a songwriter here from Las Vegas, the one, the only, Berlin Vegas. Say what's up. Hey, hey. You already know. You already know. <laughs> How are you doing? We are currently recording this during quarantine. How has quarantine been for you? Uh, it's been a little boring, but, you know, it just gives me more time to work on my music. But I've been having a lot of schoolwork, so that's not fun. <laughs> but, you know, it's all good. Have you been doing your schoolwork, even though it's, like, not graded, quote-unquote? Quote <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of a nerd. It's okay, though. Um, I've, doing, I've been doing, like, half of it. So I feel pretty good about it. I mean, it's better than nothing. Yeah, it is better than nothing. So Berlin, I'm going to just ask you a few questions about your music, a few, quest- a few questions about yourself. How does that sound? Cool. Awesome. Yeah. So to start things off, uh, let's give the listeners a little background info on you. Um, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So um, I started writing songs. Uh, a few years ago but I started singing when I was really little and um, yeah I've been writing and producing for about four or five years now and I've kind of just been doing that ever since then and now I just continue to write and produce a lot of my own stuff but yeah I'm just trying I'm working on my album right now so I'm trying to put that together it's kind of hard though but (laughs) it's okay but, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. And uh, a lot of people might know me because I was on America's Got Talent, but that that was a shady experience. <laughs> but it's okay. <laughs> How old were you when you were on America's Got Talent? Um, so the first episode, I was 12. And then my birthday happened in between the first and the second one. So by the second one, I was 13. And you were saying a shady experience. Um, from my own personal understanding, I know that there's like some contract stuff going on behind the scenes. Oh, yeah. So if you can't say anything because you don't want to get sued, by all means, feel free to be quiet. But if you could tell us a little bit about the backstage experience and what it's like, you know, being on TV and like the rules and everything you had to go through to be on America's Got Talent. Yeah, so um, a lot of people might not know this, but there is a, uh, the first audition when, uh, when they show what they call the first audition in front of the four judges isn't actually the first audition. There's uh, like smaller auditions that they bring to each and every state to qualify who will be on the show. And there were about 10,000, there were like some thousand people at um, just the one in Vegas. So you can imagine how many auditions there were, how many people auditioned like throughout the entire country. But um, yeah, and out of those 10,000 people in Vegas, I found out that I was the only one that happened to make it on the actual show. And I didn't realize that until I was off the show. But um, yeah, when you actually get on the show, it's actually pretty cool because I was still a minor. So I had to do a... I had to um, do schooling, like, while I was there because school was still going on, but I couldn't go to school. And, um, yeah, the set is in Universal Studios, so they take you back back there and everything. You get to see what that's like. Um, 
but yeah it was like it was like 14 hour days like you would start at like six in the morning and end at midnight so you were just non-stop like every single day for like a month and it was it was pretty hectic but it was really exciting but um yeah most of it is scripted which people probably already know but uh yeah it's just it was really fun actually and you were saying that you did this routine for a month. How many episodes on America's Got Talent were you in? I was on two, but um, I was I almost made it to the live rounds. I was what they called a a wild card, which means that they would bring you back if somebody couldn't somebody else couldn't make it. But I didn't end up going to the live rounds, so I was only on two. How do you feel that being on on, on uh, America's Got Talent? really uh impacted your like music career like even from like such an early age oh yeah it definitely did I feel like I wouldn't be where I am right now without that experience like even though it wasn't the most it taught me a lot about the business side of music for sure because not everything is was truthful you know but um yeah I'm I'm just glad that I got to learn about that at like a young age because a lot of people just think that it's all like everything's handy you like on a silver platter but there's a lot of bad consequences to come with wanting to actually be successful but um but yeah I feel like it was a good experience and how long has it been since you've been on America's Got Talent Sheesh, uh I'd say I'm 15 now so two years and in those two years you've uh started writing and producing your own music as said before yeah yeah exactly I actually um I started writing I started writing my own music probably a few months before I went on America's Got Talent and I just started like actually making my own music and producing it because all of the uh all of my songs I have I've made the music for them but yeah you keep saying you self-produce your own songs and you self-write. So you would say that you yourself are a very big like DIY artist. You like to do everything yourself. You like to be hands-on with your entire project. Yeah. So I I write 100% of uh, my songs that are out right now. And um, I do have some people working with me to uh, to work with me on like writing the songs. But um yeah, I'm I make all of my own music and I get it to where it has to be and then I send it to um this guy named Albert that I've known for like a few years now and he helps finalize and produce the final product so that it's ready to actually be put out there. But yeah, I write and make like all my stuff beforehand. Now t- going back in the past in order to write music and in order to play music, you, of course, have to, you know, listen to music and you need to like music. Yeah. When would you say that you, like, started, like, noticing that, like, music was a big part of your life? Um, I'd say very early, probably about four or five. Um, when I was four, I posted a YouTube video of me singing this song called No One Sleeps When I'm Awake by this band, like, this really underground band called The Sounds. And they ended up seeing it, and they invited four-year-old me to go backstage with them on one of their uh, concerts. And I actually saw them, like, perform, and it was just, like, I just knew, like, from then, I was like, yeah, this is, <laughs> this is what I want to do. You already know. But, um, 
yeah, it was actually really, it was probably the breaking point right there when I wanted to know that that's what I wanted to do. But yeah. And since you were four at the time and now you're 15, where in that gap did you like learn how to play music? Um, so I've been taking, I've actually been taking piano lessons ever since I was maybe five or six. Um, and then I joined the School of Rock, which is where I learned how to, t- to um, like actually perform. They taught me how to perform and we did a lot of covers there. And I started writing music when I was about 10 years old. Now, they weren't very good songs, but it was everybody starts somewhere, right? But um, and I and I don't know when I started like I don't really know when I started singing singing but I've never taken singing lessons that's why it's kind of hard for me to put like a finger on it but yeah I guess it was just kind of always a part of my life quick question since you brought it up what school rock location did you go to um it was the uh I think it it was the Green Valley School Rock location and what would you describe your time being in School of Rock like? Oh, yeah. So I was I was a part of that for a few years. So I saw people like I saw different people come and go all the time. But it was. Um, I took I was taking keyboard lessons there and uh, I had two teachers there, but I it was really fun because we were just constantly performing and we were always like we were always doing something new and. I was actually just a piano player there and they found out that I could sing like one year into me being there. So I actually, they actually had me sing on some of the songs after that. But yeah, I, I think the whole reason why I quit doing it was because I was tired of doing covers all the time. I mean, it was a really fun experience and it taught me how to actually perform. So I'm really grateful for that. But yeah, it was just... It was just a blast, actually. I know that School Rock works in a very, uh, like, show performance program. And each show has a different theme. Uh, It's focused on a different artist. Yeah. Which show would you say was your favorite uh, at School Rock? Hmm. I don't know. Um, We did this one at the House of Blues. I remember it specifically because I had a lot of like singing parts and we were doing we did like songs from I sang this song Anarchy in the UK by the Sex Pistols and I I like had to sing with like kind of like a British twangy accent so it was like really something new for me but um yeah we did like this whole like Beastie Boys type set and probably the most fun it was just really like it, was, it just had such, like, positive vibes, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, okay, now I'm kind of excited about this. <laughs> With you doing a Sex Pistols cover and a Beastie, Boy, and a Beastie Boys cover, uh, two bands that I personally love a oh, lot. Yeah, for sure. would, you, would you say that your music taste is very, like, uh, diverse? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's kind of, it's honestly kind of all over the place. Like, one of my biggest idols is Amy Winehouse, for sure. Um... But I listen to all types of music. So, like, if you listen to my songs throughout the time, like, they change a lot. So I think that's where it comes from because at one point I was really obsessed with Eminem and then I was really obsessed with the Pistols and Beastie Boys and everything. Now it's just kind of all merged together into this one big thing. 
And with drawing from different influences, those, like you said, obviously show that your songs. Yeah. Tell me an experience when you just like wrote a song and you knew from the start, hey, this is this is something I really enjoy. This is something, you know, that I want to release. Um, I think the first song where I realized that was definitely 478 because it kind of has that like like that R&B type of jazz feel, you know? And I was like, that's when I knew that that was my sound. And that was one of the main things when I was on America's Got Talent because they cut most of my audition out. But when I was performing there, I performed a different, a lot of different songs. And Mel B actually said, oh, I think you need to still find your sound. So I bet if I went on now that she, she wouldn't say that because I definitely know what my sound is. And I think that started with 478. Speaking of your sound, what would you say that your sound is or like a sound that you aim for? Um, I'd say right now my sound is kind of like an R&B, like bluesy type thing. And uh, yeah, that's the sound that I've always kind of wanted. Who would you say is your biggest inspiration when it comes to R&B and bluesy type music? Oh, definitely Amy Winehouse, because literally uh, she's just her music is really on like that jazz side. But it's just it's it also has like a newer feel. I don't really know how to describe it, but her music is just so good. Like it's just it's like my favorite type of music. Speaking of 478, I wanted to talk to you about that song, in particular, the meaning of that song. Um, obviously, different listeners could interpret it different ways, but what is the way that you interpreted, you interpreted it when you were writing it? Yeah, so um, I actually get a lot of questions about the title of that song. And um, you see, I grew up with uh, really bad anxiety issues. And um, my mom, at a very young age, she taught me... Uh, she taught me this breathing technique that most people, that some people know about. And it's like, breathe in for four seconds, hold for seven seconds, and breathe out for eight seconds. So instead of that, calling that song, that song is about anxiety, but instead of calling it like anxiety or whatever, I actually decided to call it 478 because I thought that would be like a cool concept. So um, yeah, that's actually where the name com- comes from. I get a lot of questions about that. But yeah, that song's basically just about, like, the troubles about anxiety and just, like, how hard it is, you know? Speaking of troubles with anxiety, if you don't want to say anything, you don't have to. But what has it been like living with anxiety from such a young age and having to deal with that and learn to self-help in the way in the way of the 478 breathing? Oh, yeah. Um. So, uh, I... A part of that is I get really like sudden like panic attacks all the time and especially when I'm like about to go on stage which is really bad Um, but if I mess up on a song or something I'll get like I'll start like getting pretty nervous and everything I think a lot of people but it's just like it's like more often with me I've kind of gotten better at dealing with it throughout the years but it it was really bad to the point where I wouldn't want to like see anybody or hang out with anybody because I'd just be, I wouldn't even want to go to school because I would just like always be so scared of just like the littlest things. And they're just like, I realized how like crazy it was thinking all those, like, I just, uh, I just always thought the most insane things would happen to me. And like, 
so I wouldn't go places. But yeah, it's gotten it's gotten better throughout the years, which is definitely good. But yeah. Speaking of anxiety and uh, it getting better, but still having those tough times, that leads directly into the next song I want to talk about, which is the ones who fell apart. Oh yeah. Um. So that song was definitely meant. Um, to be interpreted for anybody's personal experience but the way I actually wrote it very specifically about this um, an uncle I had his name was Dave and um, he had he had a lot of issues with uh, drug abuse and I he was definitely like my favorite uncle like by far he was just such a positive person Um, but it was really sad because he was in he was like writing books and everything and he was always trying to better himself and i was just slowly watching him just like get mentally like so hurt by the drugs he was doing and so when he passed away i actually wrote decided to write a song and that was um the ones who fall apart which is you know it's really about anybody who's dealing with drug abuse and because it's a really sensitive topic, but I feel like it needs to be, it really needs to be talked about, you know? Uh, I am sorry to hear about your loss yeah, with the uncle. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's fine. But you mentioned that you feel like drug abuse is a problem that needs to be talked about. Yeah. What issues do you feel like need to be talked about when it comes to drug abuse, drug addiction? So I've had a lot of family members who have had to deal with drug addiction. So... I feel like, because, you know, and the thing with my uncle was, there's a big problem where it wasn't his choice because he got in a motorcycle accident. So they put him on uh, on these drugs to help him get better. And I feel like, I feel like drugs are just like such a horrible thing because they take over your mind and they take over your body to the point where you feel like you need them all the time. And then eventually it just takes your life. And so I feel like people... People like feeling better about themselves and better about their lives to the point where they feel like they need to do drugs. But when you really think about it, your life would be like a a million times better if you just didn't do any drugs, you know. But sometimes it's not the person's full choice, which is the saddest thing. What advice or what would you say to someone who is listening who maybe isn't having like a full-blown drug addiction, but is experiencing some trouble with drugs? Well, I've, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like if you really believe that it can get better, it definitely will get better because it's, you know, an addict is like, an addict, if if an addict believes that they can really do better because, then I feel like they could be able to because the problem with a lot of um, people that I've seen that have uh, passed away from drug abuse or have not done very well with it, I feel like they just kind of given up and they didn't want to get better because they didn't want to go through the pain of getting better just to get to the light on the end of the tunnel, right? But I feel like if you're willing to go through that dark hole because you know that there's a light at the end, I feel like... I feel like anything's possible to do that. Thank you for saying that. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And uh, before we dig ourselves into a more depressing uh, hole, (laughs) let's talk talk about playing 
live shows. Uh, I know you played at a place here in Vegas called Downtown Ferg. Ferg. I don't know how to pronounce <laughs> Ferguson's, it. Ferguson's. I think that's how. Yeah. Yeah, Downtown Ferg. Yeah, Ferguson's. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What was that like? Yeah. Um, I play there a lot because it's really local and it's a good chance to meet new people, which um is really exciting for me because I love collabing with a lot of people, you know. But um, yeah, it's actually uh really fun they they moved their location around but um yeah i i really look forward to like doing it i think they do it like every month or something but um i've actually missed it a lot since this quarantine has ended because i just love getting up there and most of the time you don't even go up there with a plan like you'll go in there like completely blindsided and just go up there with a bunch of crazy talented musicians from like all ages and all all ethnicities all all like different oh my god they're just such cool people and you'll go up there with them and you'll go up there with them and they'll just like play crazy stuff you were talking about meeting other musicians what are some musicians that you've connected with and that you've enjoyed being around um yeah so there's this uh there's this guy that I met at um uh Ferguson's and his name's like J PA on um Instagram or whatever but um but yeah he's uh he's crazy talented and I actually am doing a song with him uh I got him on one of my tracks which is really exciting but um but yeah he was like an R&B vocalist type singer but uh yeah I'm really excited to do that song with him and uh yeah I've met a few drummers there and I also met this guitar player that played on like Lionel Richie's stuff so you never know who you're gonna meet you know so you were talking about how you got Jay on one of your tracks what's some news that you can share about future uh, music releases um yeah so I'm actually planning on releasing a uh, a new single called Already Gone in uh, about a week or two um and it was honestly really last minute because I had just written the song a few days ago but yeah it's uh it's like about losing people losing family members it's on it's actually about I wasn't gonna say this yet but it's actually about me losing my dog because literally my dog was my best friend I grew up with this like big mastiff right and like when she died a year ago I felt like I literally lost a piece of me because like when things would get bad, I would literally just go, like, walk with her and everything. But, yeah, <laughs> no one would guess that it was about my dog because it's such a sad song. But, um, yeah, and I'm actually planning on releasing my album in July. So, but, yeah. And then uh, the song I'm doing with Jay, he, uh, I think he's working on his part right now. So, I think, I feel like that should be coming out soon, too, as well. So with making a song about your uncle and your dog passing away, you very much feel that music is your gateway to let your emotions out. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm not really like I'm not really good when it comes to talking about my emotions, you know, because I kind of choke up, to be honest. But um, I feel like music, it's a lot easier. And I know you hear a lot of people talk about that, but I never really actually realized that it was a real thing. And actually started writing my own music and experiencing those things. What would you say has been your favorite part about being in 
the local Vegas scene? Oh, um, I feel like my favorite part about, you know, like, performing and all these live things, um, probably be just the amount of people you meet, because you'll see people from all over the world, and people, Vegas is a very well-known spot for performers and entertainers, so I feel like it's, like, a real privilege, like, being able to grow up here and meet all these crazy, crazy talented people from all over. And there'll be people that'll just be here just for Ferguson's downtown for, like, the weekend or something. And then you'll hit them up, and they'll say, yeah, let's collab or whatever. But, yeah, I feel like my favorite part is just meeting some some crazy talented people. Well, Berlin, thank you so much for joining me here on this episode of the Kruger Dissection. And before you leave, where can people find your music online, or where can they find your social medias? Yeah, so I am... Just search up Berlin Vegas on all my Spotify, Instagram, Snapchat, Apple Music. I'm Berlin Vegas on everything. Um, but yeah, thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure meeting you and talking about music with you. Yeah, awesome. Thank you so much. And thank you, the listener, for tuning in on another episode of the Kruger Dice section. Be sure to subscribe and leave a five-star review to stay up to date with all future episodes. My name is Edwin, and I will see you guys in the next episode. Deuces.